everybody. Welcome back to Laps and Taps. I'm Morgan. This is Tom. And, and we, we hate this town. town. So, if you listened to the last episode, you know we have just got back from Flying Lead Nightmare. A uh, very spontaneous LARP for the two of us. I mean, we were meant to crew it for a few weeks and then, oh, tickets just came available. Yeah. We oomed an R for about two seconds each and then just threw another £85 at our hobby. <sighs> exactly. Um, so... Yeah, we do, we came back on the Sunday, had some time to digest a, a frankly insane weekend. The amount of role play, because this was my first ILARP, the amount of role play versus hours is crazy to comprehend. I, I couldn't believe it. Empire, you've got to dig and root for like a pig looking for a truffle for some role play. <laughs> but this is just thrown at you. You are hors d'oeuvres or a feast of uh, opportunities to talk and interact with other oh. people. A couple of notes just for this episode, a couple of apologies. First of all, Carrie's missing because she's ill. We hope oh. you get better soon, Carrie. So this was your first five-hour journey down to the ILARP site from North Yorkshire. I mean, the conversation was good and the hype was real. Yeah, just getting really hyped the way down. A lot of Western uh, music on Spotify. Yeah, and we were we were doing... It was really fun getting there because obviously Empire, like, really open farmland. Yeah. And then we get to the ILARP site and you have to drive through a quarry to get there. And just as we go down the woods, you were just like, oh, this is going to be scary. <laughs> oh, no. It's a lot of woods. And yeah. we've just signed up for a horror lap. It's going to be dark in half an hour, and I don't know what to expect. We start winding through, like, the dense forest. And it's like, what is going to be lurking in these woods? You, you could just hide anything in those woods. It's crazy how dense it is. It felt like a town in Vermont or a heavily wooded American area where it was absolutely perfect for the setting. Yeah, it was awesome. Um... So we roll into town. Just before dark, I think we had yeah. half an hour to pitch up our tent before night fell. Got our tent pitched on a bit of a hill between two trees. <laughs> Which will come about later, because I did not like that spot in the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then also later, they, 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 there was a picket line put up, and we, like a defensive line, and we were on the wrong side of it, and we are like, hmm. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, which also screwed us over later on. Um but yeah, it was your kind of first arrival at the site, seeing what it was like. I was completely blown away seeing all the shacks and huts and readily made yeah. uh, pieces of terrain. It was absolutely fantastic. It It's one of the things that I think lacks at Empire. Nothing they can do until they get a permanent site. Yeah. I mean, they've got the forge, but everything else is tents. All the buildings and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. And really, like, because it's, it's like a Wild West town. It's like they're all a bit lean-to and shoved Rickety. Yeah, it yeah. looked like a proper... Thing from the frontier yeah. where you go mining and so your town could drop at any moment as you move on. Yeah, we had like they've got like old US flags up and there was a gun store set up and there's an old timey photo booth. Like, you know, like where you can go get photographs taken. Stuff. Love the town fire where you could get uh, cool, uh, warm yourself up by the yeah, fire. God absolutely. knows I didn't know you need any more cooling <laughs> that God, night. It was freezing. And then, as usual, they have a, a, a bar. So it was a, like the saloon, I guess. Um, so you put booze behind. I hear usually at Mainline Flying Ledge you have to pay for your alcohol. But they didn't bother this time, which was quite good. Yeah, and I think the reason they do that is because money is more important in Mainline Flying Ledge because you have to pay rent and stuff. I think it, they want it to be more believable here. You just spent your money on bullets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was kind of a game to see how much each player could kind of make as well without having to spend it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, speak so... So we um, arrived and we, we, we bought these little cap guns online. Oh, and we got we got there and we got the these cheap little caps. Uh, well, no, well they're fine caps. But we it were was like, the guns. We bought our little holster. We fired them. It was literally like, 
Uh, there was a LARP version of Penis Envy with yeah, our guns. Yeah, it was like teeny tiny guns going boop. And I was like, I cannot use this all weekend. Um, especially because everyone had been firing their guns off. And we're like, God, they're loud. And then I was just going... Um, this is going to cause a problem at night if people can't hear the banging yeah, and seeing 100%. the sparks. So we went to the gun store in town. You proper, you bought a smart gun. Yeah, so I went, we were looking at them and they were all expensive, but there was one, like, I found out it was a starter pistol from a race. Yeah. 45 quid with actual blanks, and I've never fired a blank gun before. You, you've got the choice of blanks, though. You've got the normal blanks, or yeah. you could go for the long he blanks. He said, do you want long or short? And went, what's the difference? He goes, well, the long ones allowed us. Oh, I'll have the long ones, please. So I got this little gun, and I've never fired any gun in my life except for a cap gun, and then just fired it, like, pretty close to me. Just like, not, next enough fucking head, but, like, not at arm's reach. And then my ears were ringing for, like, a good 30 seconds. I was like, okay, these are much louder than I was used. You just, you bowled away, but like, Jesus Christ. I'm deaf. Um... So then I was like, oh, okay, cool, this is going to work quite effectively. thing is, I was so proud of myself for resisting a gun at that night. We'll see what happens in the morning, but we both <laughs> well, we bought, both bought little holsters, though, didn't we? We should have tested the guns before we bought the holsters, but never mind. We bought, uh, also, you got, I gave you my flintlock pistol. Victoria. So should we tell, should we talk about a bit more about what our, who our characters were? Yeah, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I was playing Father McPherson, who was a God-fearing man. Yeah, I like to think they've got much more fleshed out since their yeah. last episode. Yeah, so Father McPherson was a God-fearing man. He was... Um, my idea was that he was just a very kind of casual, but he wasn't a, a you know, fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone preacher. This kind of like he was just kind of quite casual, always like you know the Lord tells us to forgive, um, but also had like a passing interest in the supernatural. So like he had come to Liberty Falls because there was a Halloween celebration, they were going to be doing spirituality stuff, and he was like, "Well, that sounds like a really dangerous thing to do because horrible creatures can come through, like the devil can influence you through these things like this." So he came to check it was all above board. Um, and had a really good good night being a kind of straight-laced guy. Something I really liked about Farmer Theerson was that he was balanced by a number of other priests. Mm. There was a core priest squad with priest all squad. very different personalities, so you yeah. played off very well. Yeah. You had Reverend Valentine, who was much more fire and brimstone. Yeah, he was like Church of England, very kind of like um, a bit more... Strict, I guess, by the book, I think. Whereas Father McPherson was like of the West. He, then we, yeah. He was a bit like, yeah, but this is the wild west. You can't, you have to get what you can from these people. Yeah. You can't expect like holy, the holier than thou straight away. And then we had the very bubbly and preachy, uh, very bubbly preacher Oliver. Yeah. Or Ollie. Ollie, the doctor preacher. The doctor preacher who just seemed so happy to be there and happy yeah. at everything. And then we had the nun with gun. We had two guns. Both of them had guns. Uh, uh, and they were both... I feel like most of the preachers there were of a kind of... Well, apart from the guy from the church who was Church of England, were kind of like, this is the West. Yeah. There is a level of acceptance you have to have in this business um, when you're in this part of the world. And then there was another guy who was, who was quote-unquote, technically a priest because he worked for a paranormal investigation unit, and he was yeah. like, look, I'm only a priest, or I've been ordained so I can exercise. That's the only reason. I thought that was really funny. There was also the fake priest. 
Yeah. Well, there was a couple. Yeah, there was the fake priest who I didn't realize was fake until we left. Yeah, which was really. Did funny. you not see the black bandana? Yeah, but I just assumed he was a gun singing priest. Ah, uh, fair enough. Like I was because it was the same with our charlatan priest. I was just like, oh, well, they're just a priest that can do seances. Yeah, there was also the French priest and the Russian priest. Yeah, those two are really good. But believe it or not, uh, dear listeners, flying lead was very underpopulated for priests. Yeah, we had like we so. When you were, yeah, well, well, in fact, I'll get into that later. But yeah, so Father McPherson, God-fearing man, quite forgiving, quite, and it was trying to give a bit of priestly advice to people, just advising, checking everything out. What about your character? I, of course, being me, went for charlatan. <laughs> so I played Dr. Barnabas Belvedere. Yeah, because Dr. Belvedere evolved a bit since last time as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he definitely evolved. He evolved in a very natural way that I didn't suspect, but we'll get into that as it goes along. But the original concept was... He was the son of a back alley doctor who was claimed to have gone to Oxford University. Uh, Kerry was very nice and uh, made a fake degree for me with classic misspelled Oxford. So that's Oxford with a U, which I found fantastic. Uh, I went for snake oil salesman as my kind of pitch, which I was very surprised at. I was the only snake oil salesman there, and I don't know if that's because uh, it was in the brief, so people were worried there'd be a lot of them, but I was really happy to be the only one. It was really funny. The thing I thought with my snake oil, though, rather than being someone who generally knew it didn't work, I thought, you know what? Dr. Belvedere's gone around the globe, found things that he thought were genuine religious items, and mixed it with science and half-baked notes of, like, old historical remedies. So, like, he went to the Indians on the plains and tried to find out how they heal people. He's been to India, uh, tried to find out their medical remedies, even went to see Tibetan monks at some point. He's been around the world and trying to think figure things out, but he's only got half the idea. He's hammered it with science and these potential uh, holy remedies and then just put a fuck ton of narcotics in at the same time <laughs> and bang so these remedies he he generally thought they would do something to help and they did in some instances they did in some instances maybe some others didn't quite work that was the fun i didn't want to just play a, the stereotypical snake oil salesman who knew we were just conning people yeah it it made a lot of fun well i think it was i think that was a really clever move because it leaned into why you were able to lead seances so yeah. the mechanics to remind everyone were preachers can do exorcisms and your um charlatans could do seances basically um so i had to i had prepared my kit by the end of it which i was really happy with was a long black coat uh, kind of like a black cat black cowboyish hat and a ribbon that I used as one of those like preachery ties didn't you pretty much get everything from Primark everything from Primark 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 for a priest it was brilliant um, and then I had written a three minute exorcism because you had to exercise with people for three minutes um, which led to some really good stuff but I wrote wrote out my exorcism brought a bible um, kept my glasses on because I thought they added to the look um, and it was good to go. Yeah, you didn't have to do the tryst and squint this time. You could actually see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you had you, who was just your wardrobe. My wardrobe, I bought some fake half moon glasses from Amazon and borrowed your uh, bag pack. Yeah, my little leather bag. Other than buying the holster. Yeah. That was everything done. And you say leather bag, that thing was huge. Yeah, yeah, it's a big old leather bag. It's a hold all. I think for me, that was probably the MVP of my kit. It just carrying it around and being able to root inside oh, the so bottles funny. and different other things I kept in there. Oh, 
uh, was absolutely fantastic. I believe we picked the two best classes to play, not just to brag, but I think because of the setting, I, we got the most gameplay out of anyone. I think those two archetypes matched the story really well, didn't mm. they? They were like, the, you were, those two things were required quite a lot to do some of the in-game stuff, which I think helped quite a lot. Oh, definitely. Like, we were quite separate from the martial side of things, like the cowboys and gunslingers, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we were doing our own little thing. So it seemed the, the church and charlatans took one side and the cowboys and uh, gunslingers took the other. Yeah, yeah, very much seemed like that. So I had my, I got my little holster for my little gun. So I literally got it because it looked like a little self-defense, kind of small little gun. Um, and I had that, I let my line, people were like, I've never seen a preacher with a gun. I was like, I'm a preacher, not an idiot. Because <laughs> it you'd, you'd be stupid out to have in that part of the world. It was great. Uh, I ended up borrowing uh, your flintlock because I was looking at guns. I'm like, eh, I'll stick with the cap gun until the salesman of the gun range, uh, gun shop said, you know, they still did use flintlocks in the West. They were just very antiquated. I'm like, antiquated, you say? <laughs> oh, did you? And then you had you had a, like just your flintlock in your bag, which was like, if you needed it, you pulled it out and then couldn't reload because you're like, I am, I do not have the ability to do so. <laughs> I just don't have the time yeah, or getting yeah, those exactly. caps it's, up. It's too dark. I can't do this. It's so funny. Yeah. Shall we go into the first night? Yeah. Actually, no. Before we go, I will say, Morgan lent me one of his uh, guns, but the next day discussing it with a lovely bunch of people, I was like, you know what? It'd be funny if I had two ready, so it was like reloading one, I could fire the other. Yeah. So I had Queen Victoria and, and Prince Albert. Albert. It was very good. It was like, when I pulled them out of my bag, it got such last, because like seeing all these modern guns and they're just me with two <laughs> flintlocks, I was like uh, Danny DeVito. Anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> I just thought, you, surely you should have made a joke at some point saying, would anyone like to see my Prince Albert? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Belvedere is a classy oh, man. Of course. Um, One thing we should mention as well, the, the goodie bags. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So when you sign in, you get given a little bag. Which was, what was it like? It was randomised. Randomised money, randomised bullets, and um, randomised get-off-me tokens. Get-off-me tokens are the equivalent of life. Yeah, so if there's a situation where you're being surrounded by someone, you use a get-off-me token, they have to get a good distance away from you. Same for... Other um, bits and pieces that were kind of obvious at the time, but we didn't know what to expect. Yep. Uh, and then there was also bullets. You got a random amount of bullets, you got a random amount of get-off-me's, and then... You also had a little slip of paper in there, which was once you've used your last get off me, open this slip of paper. Um, I felt like I got a very good randomised pack. You were loaded. Oh, we also got your money. Yeah, you got your money. And then I also got two holy waters because I was a priest. Yes. So I got five get off me's, which was fantastic. 20 bullets, $12. And yeah, my random card, which I will talk about Probably in the next episode. Yeah, I can't remember because I got... You I got, got $11. I got three get off me tokens, which was like nothing. And I think you got like, 11 like bucks. 20 bullets as well. Yeah, I got a good amount of bullets, I think. I feel I feel sorry for the... Because it was randomised 6 to 24. Yeah, I think I got a good amount of bullets. Um, so yeah, then we kind of... We had a few out-of-character chats with people. I caught up with a few people on you. So the person who plays Oliver, uh, I spoke to them. Yeah, uh, we got to know quite a few Empire people who went there. Yeah, I spoke to quite a few Empire people. A lot of marchers. Lots of marchers at ILARP. Lots of well, Johnny that runs it is an ILARP is a, a marcher as well. Um, Not so, no winter markers though. I didn't see any of the winter folk. No, no. I think was there a Dornish? Yeah, there was Dornish people there. But Co yeah, a couple of my friends from the league. Yeah, that was really good. 
Uh, so it was good to kind of get chatting to people. And what was really fun about this whole thing is that I had no idea who was crewing and who was playing for most of the event. I think that adds to it. Like It really does. Because you expect things plot from people, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're just a player. And all of a sudden I'm like, I just, oh my goodness, what's going on? Um, it was really good stuff. Done so, so, so well. What else? I think it was kind of it before timing, wasn't it? Had our pot noodles before oh, yeah. hitting the trail. Had our little pot noodles. Um, not going to lie. So I was... no period-appropriate canned noodles, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> not going to lie. When I saw some of the food from the food tickets oh, later, I was very envious. Yeah, I should have got a meal ticket. Um, but I'd already spent too much at this point. We yeah. spent proper amount on this event, which yeah. was meant to be free. Yeah. Although I'm so glad I played this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Worth every single penny. It's pricey, but not overpriced it's, it's, at all. It's not, yeah. Eight hours less gameplay than Empire, but it does not feel like that at all. No, not in the slightest. I don't think there was, other than eating time, there was a wasted minute. No, there was literally, it was dense the whole way through. And it was like that at Hoist as well. It's just so busy. Um, but we kind of got, set ourselves up in the saloon to start RP. So we were waiting for time and start chatting to a few people. So yeah, we casually just started talking to people. We're talking to each other, trying to get into character. It did take a little bit of work here and there, wandering around, talking to random uh, other players and NPCs. But once it kicked off, it did kick off properly. Yeah, I mean, the first night is always a bit chill, right? It's always a bit kind of like, there's nothing much going on. It's just kind of having a chat, see how things are going. Um, there were some really interesting NPCs kind of wandering around and crew and actual players as well, who, again, I thought were NPCs. There was a guy who was bound in chains um, oh, he was so good. I, I was convinced he was crew for the I was the convinced whole he was Irish. Yeah. He's not even Irish. I was blown away when I actually heard him speak. It was crazy. I think he also says he's teetotal. Yeah, for uh, someone that was playing a drunken Irishman all weekend who was in chains, showing everyone, like... Um, dirty playing cards. Dirty playing cards. That was his version of a seance. Very funny. Um, and then we had... So I, one of the person I spent a good amount of time talking to was... I, I cannot remember the name of the character but they were a doctor something um and they were a um what was the word like a kind of a researcher of uh histories and religions and stuff so i had a really good conversation with him there was like a museum of curiosities yeah. that was set up it was really fun having a conversation with him being like talking to him so he was talking to me about my faith like from an academic atheistic perspective perspective yeah. And it was very funny because I was kind of like, who the... I was I was being very polite, but very much being like, yeah, but these heathen religions are clearly not true. It's clear this. And he was just like, well, I, I don't know if... I, trying to be very polite, but obviously I was like, I don't think... I think your religion is not true kind of thing. It was really interesting to to kind of play that. Um, and we were looking for all the different golden cabinets and there was these cabinets with stuff in them. Oh, it was great. They had the, their own little... Uh descriptions like a proper museum yeah really funnily enough one was donated by a man called something Belvedere oh, not no, Belvedere, no Belvedere, McPherson McPherson so I forgot my name something on McPherson I was like that's interesting um, and then was like a piece of golden jawbone in one of the things as well a captain's hat that I wanted to play with yeah it was a captain's hat it was all very interesting um, and there was a, I think there was a couple of big events of the evening wasn't there yes so I started off by talking by the fire with a few people, you get to know each other's backstories because everyone's probably written at least a minimum of a small backstory so they can get into character. Like like there was the Taffy Man, the son of a Taffy tycoon who bought a treasure map and was meant to meet someone there and he didn't meet up, so that he was, was out of pocket. That was a very funny character. He was a fantastic character and I'll be bringing up as we go along. Yeah. Uh, there was the 
person who claimed to be a penniless person who was another charlatan who I think they ended up being one of the richest people by the end of the game. Excellent. It was fantastic. I think for me, the game really started when the hermit came into town. Mm. Well, he'd been wandering around for a while. He he had. So the idea was that this town has Halloween. Yeah. It was like music, spirituality. There was going to be seances, tarot readings, all this weird stuff. And there was this hermit running around telling us we were all doomed. I think he looked me in the eyes and told me I had one day to live and stuff like this. And I was like, what's he talking about? Um... Or was it two? No. I think he said I've got two weeks. Okay. Which is really funny. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we had, uh, what else happened? Um, we had people running around in costume, like a headless pretend- horseman. And- someone pretends to be headless. Your friend was running around in a ro- rabbit ma- hair mask. Yeah. Um, and they were running around scaring people. Um, and the hermit got so scared. They had a heart attack. So this is where one of, I think the role play started for me. Uh, particularly because someone's like, we need a doctor here. And originally, I went into this game envisioning Dr. Belvedere of having very limited to no surgical knowledge and just focusing on medicine. But I went over to find out that this man was having a heart attack and tried to help him. He, of course, died because he was a crew member and it was meant to happen. But this one event kind of started me on the role of being considered a proper doctor and I was like, you know what, I'm going to switch this up. I'm going to know some medical knowledge. Very basic. Can deal with a few different bits and pieces, but no way an expert. I'm very rusty. I learned from my father who was a back alley doctor and I'll then go through that. So from that moment on, my character had already started to develop. Uh, Ollie, the preacher, also came over to help heal them. So that's how I got to know Ollie, and I spent a lot of time with them as the weekend went on. We were kind of the doctor duo of the town, because uh, doctor wasn't an archetype in the game, but because of the nature of uh, Nightmare, you could pick if you wanted to be them, and I was very glad there wasn't a huge abundance of doctors, so I got a lot of role-playing to that, because later on I did become probably the town's best doctor, yeah, you or were, one of them. you were one of the big surgeons running around. Um, I thought it was really... I thought the the death was really interesting. We were spending ages trying to look for an Undertaker, and eventually we were just like, well, let's just throw him out of town. Um, Turns out there was an Undertaker player as well. Yeah. Um, but it was... Yeah, it was an explosive start. And little did we know... That kicked off the whole, whole thing. Yeah, that was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back on the town, really. So a couple of other things happened whilst we were there. Um, yeah. There was a tarot reading that went wrong. So I don't, I think, I, my suspicion, bit of a, not really a spoiler, but my suspicion is so the tarot reading and the same figures kept coming up in the card readings. And my suspicion is that each one of the figures that kept coming up was the different antagonists for the, the game. Uh, seven Deadly Sins mm. is what I think it would kept because we knew demons were coming up. There's a lot of stuff where, with stuff like this, is despite being a horror game, you've got to remember your character doesn't know what genre they're in. Yep. So a lot of the stuff you just brush off. You're like, oh, I'm sure that's absolutely fine. Not to worry. One little moment, I'm sure we'll be all right. Um, but obviously you're like, all right, all right, some weird shit's happening here. Something's going down in this town. Yeah. Um, and then you said there was a seance on the first night that went wrong? Yes, uh, I don't know if it went wrong, but there was a big bit of drama from it. Uh, before I went to see the seance, as soon as we dealt with the uh, heart attack, me and Ollie were called over because there was a shooting as well. So I don't know the, what happened with the shooting or what kicked it off, but 
one person died, one person we had to get a bullet out of, a serious bullet wound, so Oliver knew they were coming as a doctor, a proper one. They had a scalpel and doctor's tools and bandages, so they were taking out the bullets and I was just kind of disinfecting the wounds and holding pressure on them. As soon as we helped the person with the uh, bullet in the gut, we then had to get a bullet out of someone's arse as well. It's like, the role play was great. It's like, is it all right, Doc? Will my ass ever look the same again? <laughs> and his friend being more concerned about his ass than the person who got shot in the gut oh, or whatever God it was. Sake. But yeah, the seance, I didn't actually see what went wrong with right, the seance. Okay. I'm assuming that was like some fell force, because the theme was demons. I'm assuming that was some fell force trying to push through the seance. Well, from what I did properly see, because I did see the second kind of one, was Annie the Boston nun uh, who wanted to prove that all the seance and stuff was malarkey. And then it went all off and she was starting seeing things and like panicking. And the mayor had already got into a fight and punched in the face before. But then it got into another fight and beaten up again, from my understanding. So I had a bit of a fun time, like, look at me, Mayor, look at me. I'm going to reset your nose. Ah, oh, my nose. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, Mayor. Not done this for a while. I've got to reset again. So straight away, there we go. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I will probably be going into a Western accent, but Dr. Belvedere is British. Their the Western accent is catching, isn't it? It's ridiculous. It, it, it's, it's too catchy. You try and do your uh, character's allotted accent and no, it suddenly starts to turn into a southern drawl. The other thing that happened was someone rolled into town with a lot of scratches on their face. I didn't see this person. Yeah, so this person rolled in saying a bunch of their friends had been attacked by bandits. Um, so the some of the, the, crew, the people from the town rolled out to find out what was going on and defeated a bunch of bandits. I'd have been interested to go see what was going on because I imagine that was the first foray of cultists, I guess, yeah. starting to assail the town. So there was hints what was coming up, but uh, we didn't know what was going to go on. And like Little bits of pieces of plot was uh, creeping up throughout the night. Stuff you can stitch together in retrospect. You're like, well, that was probably this, that was probably that. Um, but at this point, we don't really know. We yeah. just know. We just, again, it's like... Morgan knows demons are going to be involved. Father McPherson does not. Exactly. Um, it's playing to that scepticism and making sure you yeah. act it out appropriately because this isn't a LARP like Empire. This is meant to be a cinematic feeling LARP, as we met, you mentioned in Hoist. Film sim. Yeah, yeah. that's the whole idea. Um, we had quite an easy night after that, wasn't it? It was a bit of socialising. Well, you had people. an easy night. I was busy. Oh, yeah. I think I spent a lot of my time, like I said, socialised, took that doctor, who, well, the, the doctor of, not of medicine, but other stuff. Uh, we spoke to, I spoke to another priest there, the Church of England guy we mentioned earlier. I spoke to him about a few things, um, sat in the church, seeing what was going on, um, watched a couple of seances. Um, I'm sure things will come to me as I go along. Oh, we had the pictures taken. Pictures taken. Uh, took a while, but they look great. Yeah, they look really good. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Come My out. compliments to this guy who took them. He, he's a master of his craft. Yeah. It seemed like it took about what seemed forever just because like, I want to get back to the role play. I want to yeah, get back to town, but 100%. I also want the pictures to look awesome and I can't wait to see them. Yeah, so I hope there's some good shots that will come out. I'm hoping they come out quickly. But. Yeah. Uh, so for the rest of my evening, uh, I was going around plying my trade as a snake oil salesman. So my first uh, potion or tonic I sold was a bottle of Angel's Tears to uh, Preacher Ollie. Because uh, when they started the game, it's like, oh, I want I want to get conned or I want to buy something. Can, can I see gold? I was like, okay, 
this feels like cheating, but I know I can sell you a potion and it'll be easy to start off and then I can roll from that. I think the thing is with ILAP, it feels different because it doesn't feel like cheating because it's like we're all just playing pretend and we all kind of, you can kind of set stuff up before you do it and stuff like that. So I don't think it would just work for the game. And also it's a good way for you to get started with your snake oil stuff. Yeah, it was great because I sold them a bottle of the Angel's Tears. I told them uh, an angel loved me so much. They said, uh, Dr. Belvedere, you're a man of such faith such devotion, such honesty. She said, shed a single tear, which I mixed into my miracle elixir. I told them it can heal all wounds, relieve all ailments, even after a couple of weeks, bring someone back from the dead. I always gave my potions or tonics like a deadline of it, it takes a tough couple of weeks to take effect. Because mm. obviously being... Snake oil salesman. He's not entirely sure how long it'll take to affect, so he wants to be out of there before he gets suspicious and angry. I wanted to avoid the cheap confrontation of, oh, it didn't instantly work. It'll take a while. while. To yeah. Um, yeah, cool. You made bank on the first night. I made bank. So what else did I sell? I sold an aphrodisiac uh, to a, I believe they were a railroad man. Uh, so I was like, this potion, or tonic, was made from the hair of Bigfoot. Oh, so maybe a bit of toe there? It's like, I don't like toe. I was like, ah, it's just the hair, t- toe hair, don't worry about it. Kind of sp- to spring I back about like that. I don't like toe. <laughs> don't like toe in my potion. Uh, I said, this potion will trap men, women, anything you want. You'll be hitting them off with a broom within a month, uh, which was a bit of a bit of fun role play. The person I sold it to is one of our listeners. Unfortunately, I don't have your permission to say the name, but just to say you brought some great role play. And this... To me too. Did I tell you I did, I, I did some stuff with them as well later on, which is really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you brought some great role play on this. Sales had uh, some repercussions because about 20 minutes later, they came out to say, you're a con man. And people come up and listen and like, con man? It's getting more agitated. It's like, you're a potion potion gave me erectile dysfunction it's like no 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 i couldn't possibly do so uh have you did you read the label did you uh take it properly i did tell you it would take a while no you, you my penis worked before this i'm like i don't think it did if it gave you erectile functions this quickly and uh they were getting more and more pissed off it's like you give me money back or it's high noon pistols at dawn pistols uh pistols at high noon uh for those who don't know i believe ILOP's uh, usual uh, flying lead only allows for one high noon situation over the event. And the dear doctor doesn't care for being called out. He doesn't care if it's a coward. Sticks and stones have no effect on him. I would like to survive, thank you. Exactly. Uh, You gave me a brilliant way of getting out for next day when everything was kicking off, but I think I'll save what we said that to later because that highly amused me in a... A few of the other people I told. I think I put it down as one of my favourite quotes in the Flying Lead Nightmare chat. I saw that. Uh, which was brilliant. I saw uh, sold a miracle tonic for a case that would solve inside-out anus. The man was very happy to do- get that potion. There was also a man who came up to me and said they had a rotten penis. So I was like, let me take a look at him. So I took him out to the back of the bar, pretended to take a look at the penis for a few seconds and sold him that. Oh, I love LARP. Oh. It, it's great. Uh, I sold, on average, the uh, uh, Miracle Tonics for $3 a bottle because I didn't want to oversell the price because my thing was like, oh, I don't want people to be put off. 
but I want to make some bank out of this. So three dollars seemed quite reasonable. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, but yeah, the, I sold a few more, I think. Uh, but as the night progressed, I got approached by Tobias the Taffy Man. Tobias. Now I think I saw this deal, didn't I? I think I was in the Yeah, scene, you, yeah. you came in whilst I was making this deal. So Tobias was a very suave gentleman. He felt like a mix between a gunslinger and a charlatan. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, I know what you are, Doctor. I'm like, ah... It was a whole, I know that you know, that I know, that you know, that I know <laughs> what we are. Now, you wouldn't want to be turned into the authorities, would you? It's like, mm, no, no, that wouldn't be good for business at all. Uh, so you are broke. So let me uh, donate to you, good sir, one of my uh, miracle elixirs, which I put on the table for him. And so he didn't hang me into the authorities. We made the deal of, he could keep the majority of the money of any tonic he sold. I get a dollar or two of the proceeds. So I ended up selling a couple more dollars vicariously through that arrangement. It was just so much fun to do. It looked fun, to be fair. Uh, let me see my notes, see if I've got anything else that night. Uh, I think that was pretty much some of my Friday night drinking, selling yeah, tonics. Friday night was mostly social stuff, sat chatting with people, a few in character chats. I did enjoy our little sit down at the bar just before bed with the three different, three different priests. No, the nun, the two priests, which are you and the reverend yeah, yeah. and the charlatan. Yeah, and we were all just sat talking about stuff and you were like, oh, that was so funny. Um, but yeah, it was Friday night. We got a fairly early night, getting ready for the next day. I think it was one o'clock. It was cold, and I think uh, a lot of people yeah, went to bed quite early. It was early for a LARP, I guess. We usually up a lot later than that. Um, Probably good, because we drank through our alcohol quite quickly. Yes, we did. Um, and then the next day, there was no time to drink, really, until the end. Just so full on. It was a really good start. We woke up the next day, um, and stuff was just getting ready. You get ready to go. You're kind of hanging around town. Everyone's basically out of character until something happens, tends to be the yeah. way. So in character time is at 10, but... It was the morning brief... Oh, no, the briefing was the evening, wasn't it? Yeah, Sorry. oh, there was a brief, a safety briefing the night before. Um, there was a morning thing. We all kind of came in, and then some, uh, someone came through town before time in was like, priests, um, you need to have an extra holy water because there's not enough of you. And I was like, that does not bode well at all. Um, so we, I had three holy waters instead of two. It was all a bit... Oh dear, how's yeah. this going? I think the town had an overabundance of gunslingers. Uh, yeah, so which I can think it's a cowboy lot for Christ's sake. Well, the ironic thing is in the cowboy lot, there was only like two or three cowboys. Yeah, but I think when you think of cowboys, you think of sling gunslingers, don't you? One thing I enjoyed the night before as well, I tried to sell another potion to another charlatan, so we we're trying to con each other. <laughs> but then Hennessy Jones came through and was like, you're trying to con my friend? I was like, no, I'm trying to sell her a real like, you fuck off now. And I ran away like a like a raccoon that's just been discovered in the dustbin. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, so yeah, the next day we were like, the first thing that happened was there was a report going around um, and she was kind of asking questions, trying to get an understanding of the town. And she came up to us and she was like, hey, have you noticed all these people are falling asleep? And we were looking around, there's a lot of people napping around town. And I was like, 
oh, I'm sure they've just had another heavy drink and I'm sure they'll be fine. She's like, I don't know, they seem really tired. Maybe you should speak to her. Lucy Liu was the ideal picture of a Western belle. It was perfect, but she was also great because it was she did a really good job of pushing plot along without feeling like she's pushing it plot along. It felt natural. It felt just like a natural, natural conversation. Was really, there was no point to that because I actually wondered for most of that, well, I wonder what her NPC purpose is. And I was like, oh, it's so if we don't... I really realised it's after the LARP. It's like, if you don't, if we don't know what we're doing, she can guide us along. Big shout out to Pork and Bean Sale. We went over to the general store and we we're like, oh, my friend, are you all right? He says, oh, I'm just really tired. And it's like, well, did you have a night of drinking last night? And then it turned out, this is when we found out there'd be a two-week time skip, which I wish had been a bit better communicated. Yes, because I didn't know if it was we slept for two weeks and it came about, or we spent two weeks in town, which apparently was the case. Yeah, so we'd apparently been in town for two weeks, which I would have liked to know before because I spent a lot of the night saying, I'll probably be gone by tomorrow and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so we were going around this purse, people are really tired. One thing I did like about the pork and bean salesman is like, what do you sell here? And he listed every everything item. in the store. And every time I tried to go, oh, that's very nice, thank you, he'd, he'd keep going. And I was like, "I'm my character's really polite, but I need to leave. He's like... We got mustard, we got those candle things, I got pork, I got pork and beans, I got beans, I got beans and pork. <laughs> I've got nearly beans and pork. I got pork and beans, I got beans. I've I got, got coffee. I got pork and beans. You oh, you were so the best comedy NPC, I think. <laughs> it was so fun. I thought it meant me for a second. Yeah, the general story just made me giggle, it was so funny. So we're wandering around, all these people are really tired. And then there's this guy acting a bit strange in town, the blacksmith. The blacksmith, yeah. Acting really weird. Being very, well, not antagonistic, but antagonising people. Yeah, exactly. Being a bit strange. Uh, And we're like, you know, what's your problem kind of thing? And everyone's like, this guy's being really weird. Can someone deal with him? At one point, there's another, there's two nuns there. um, And he was, got into a conflict with one of these nuns and put his hand on the shoulder and left something, like sprinkled something on her. And all of a sudden she felt very tired. And we went, all right. I was kind of like, right, okay, there's something strange going on here and I want to check some things. And everyone was getting really suspicious. Like, look, for me, I, I think something might, people think there might be something wrong with you. Can, do you mind if I just do some like uh, religious investigations just to check that's all right? And it's like, yeah, it's fine. I don't know what's anyone's problem. Everyone's just having a little tie. Maybe everyone should have a nap. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So this was my first exorcism. Mm. So I did the exorcism on the guy, spent the holy water. It was like, see, nothing wrong. Well, I don't know what that was about, but I'm fine. I went, see everybody. There's nothing to worry about. He's absolutely fine. He's just... So then we started... To... We had a big town hall meeting. The mayor called everyone into the town hall. What had you been doing, I guess, whilst this guy was going around? I was just uh, kind of hanging around, like observing at the time. I wasn't into big role-play moments at the time. Uh, Sergeant Cole had broke the mayor's nose again. Oh, yeah. Why was he breaking the mayor's nose? Sergeant Cole, shout out to the player, because you did a great job of making an antagonistic bastard of a cavalrier. I I think the mayor was just a very bad mayor, and all the shit that was going down in town. So I broke the mayor's nose again. It's like, oh, no, it's you. Oh, dear. Yeah, that was... um, Yeah, because remember that happening? Because that happened around the time of the town hall meeting. Because what happened before that, I just remembered was someone, there was a little box, like a, a um, thingy box in the forge. Yeah. And we opened it up and inside was a piece of paper and it said, I think it said, in art three, um, Acedia. And we were all like, what does that mean? What's that going on in the forge? And we were like, right, okay, don't tell them we found it because it's a bit weird. So we kept it on us. And then 
there was a big town hall meeting and I posited the theory that perhaps the reason people are feeling sleepy is because the blacksmith has got some weird equipment. There's some side effect of it. Something to do with the coal or the water he was using or some of the smoke he was releasing. Yeah, exactly. He was saying, no, everyone just needs a rest. I don't usually tidy my forge up too much. I don't really clean myself. I'm, you know, I don't really do stuff like that, um, which I thought was very, which, which was really interesting. Um, now I think about it, it does flag up a lot of things. Makes a lot of sense. But remember, you don't know the genre yeah. you're in. So it kind of makes sense that you wouldn't pick up on that. Anyway, I can't remember what I did in the lead up to this, but what I start hearing is I'm a bit out of town a little bit and I start hearing bang, 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 bang. And it's like people being like, he's not going down, he's not going down. And I came into town and the smithy was wandering around. Um, people kept shooting him. I was like, what's going on? And he's like, he's attacking people, he's attacking people. And he kept throwing the stuff at people, which was making him collapse to the ground and fall. And I was like, oh, by the grace of God. <laughs> Whilst the uh, gunshots were going out, me and Ollie started to go through the town. I was being their assistant at the time, like stitching people up and because yeah. of the gunshots. And a few of them just died there on the spot. thing is, I don't know if they were crew or players, but uh, it was a dangerous situation. Yeah, it was very, very concerning. And then we got... Basically, we found the Valentine started doing exorcism. I was like, it didn't work before. And then I remembered, you need details about... Um, the, uh, more powerful demons. I was like, we need like his name or something. And then Lucy Lou came over with the name and was like, this is, must be his name. Use this. We gave the name to Father Valentine and he exercised this person. Um, we said the two words that were on there and he was exercised and we were like, right. So there's big shit going demons here. But at this point, a lot of people are kind of going, no, it's not demons. He, he was hallucinating or it was placebo effect you don't need to worry about it but the last thing this guy said after his possession had gone was the demon he hid something in the forge go find it please so I'm like what the fuck so I run over to the forge I open it and sat inside the actual forge itself is a golden skull and I'm like put on a, put on a glove put my hand in and like pick it up and take it out I bring it into town it's like yeah that you need that to stop him See, I didn't see that bit, so I didn't know about the Golden Skull till a bit later. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention that we did before all this kind of kicked off, uh, we had our photos taken by Flint and Kit, oh, the two yeah, trackers. Yeah, yeah. They used like, a little fat, fancy old-timey camera, which was really good. That was, I think that was shortly before everything kicked off. Yeah. we were, That's why. That's where we were at the time. We were getting our pictures taken and everything kicked off. You're right, yeah. Yeah, the, the old-timey camera just looks peak in character. And I love the two characters they had, the two trackers going around taking pictures of potential monsters mm. in the wilderness. Uh, the LARP uh, pheasant was quite a cool thing. A touch yeah, as well. Yeah, they had like hunting animals strapped to their belt. That was really good. Uh, yeah, and they both started off really, the game really unsure about Dr. Belvedere. Yeah. Uh, because of selling uh, dodgy tectonic, apparently, to their friend. Oh, it was good stuff. Um, but yeah, so then we kind of, we were like, right, okay, there's something weird going on. Something strange. Um, I think I asked to put the skull in your bag. Yes, so... Uh, the big bag, so no one knew where it was or kept safe. You put it in my doctor's bag out of all places. I was like, Doc, can you look after? I trust you. Can you make sure no one gets their hands on this? And you were like, oh, Of course, my friend. Yeah. And for once, I was a trustworthy player yeah, who you wasn't were. trying to have you on. You popped it in your bag. We wrapped it in a cloth, put it back, and said, Don't touch it. Yeah, because from there, we went on a quest. 
Yeah. So after that, we were like, right, there's something strange going on. Maybe we should go to the monastery. I can't remember what drove that. There was some reason we were going to go to the monastery near town. Yeah, but I didn't want to miss, even though I didn't really know why we were going, I didn't want to miss the first kind of, oh, of course, expedition. excursion. Oh, was there an excursion before that? To find the weird dogs or something like that? No, I think that was a false flag in the end. I think there was an excursion before that, but we weren't on it, and yeah. then this was the second excursion. Well, the, yeah, first one we went on was to go to the monastery. And I believe that was when we found there was a bunch of cultists had kidnapped someone um, and they were like attacking, they were attacking and we basically gunned them down, but they were really hard to kill. They weren't going down. They weren't staying down. Uh, and we managed to find him. Um, is that the order things happened in? It was getting, it was getting, I was getting a bit, it's, it's hard to keep track of everything happened. And this LARP especially, we need to get everything in the right order. Yeah. But I remember we got there. He was saying that, we were like, there's some weird stuff that's been going on. Um, and there's usually someone around to stop it. There's usually someone that keeps yeah. This area is usually is quite dangerous and there should be someone in place to keep it under control. It's pretty weird, something must have happened to them. And then more cultists arrive. Yeah, so uh, I think you went right to the front. I was kind of staying in the middle with Ollie to yeah. kind of be like, oh, we're the doctors, we can like go to either side, we can help where it needs to be. And remember, I have a flintlock, so there's me... A massive doctor's bag holding a single shot like flintlock so uh, going through this woodlands. But yeah, it all kicked off all of a sudden. And oh, so good. Someone got shot in the lung. I don't know if this was a player or NPC. But I was like, doctor, get over here. So I come running up. It's like he gets put on the ground. Try and fix him, doc. Try and fix him. So I'm like, what's up with you, son? And the player's like, I've been shot in the lung. I'm like, okay. For my medical knowledge, I'm going to play I do not know how to fix lungs because... For me, that's believable at yeah. the time. I'm like, I'm sorry, son. I can't save you. I'm like, preacher, preacher. No preachers came busy. I'm like, by the time I stopped finishing, I'm like, he's dead. So I like closed his eyes. And while that was going on, all hell was breaking loose at all sides. Yeah, it was absolute. It was ri- this is my first time playing at Flying Lead. So when we were at Host Colors, it was cap guns. This was like blanks. So it was loud. It was a very nasty retreat because yeah. I remember at one point, uh, a marshal got hit in the back with an axe and I was like marshal uh, doctor doctor can you fix me so me and Ollie start working and yeah, players are like you can't do that here we gotta move we gotta get back to town and we're like no we can fix him we can get him done and like, like move him along so we're like moving him along trying to do this and then it all kicks off and starts running so as we've been trying to get the back uh, axe out we're pretending gushes started, or blood has started gushing out any, everywhere. Yeah. I was like, sorry, sorry, Marshall, we've got to shove this back in. So me and Ollie shoved the axe back <laughs> into the uh, the wound to stop it bleeding. And we start running the town. There is a bit where we start to try and stem the bleeding properly and like antiseptic it. But the uh, running starts again. At this point, you run past me pick up the bag and just continue going yeah, like, I see I'm on the taking floor. this. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, there's a golden skull in there that we need. I picked up and ran up the hill. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, you weren't coming. I was like, this skull is coming with me. I don't care what happens. And then we ran off. I got a lot of fun role play from the marshal because of that axe wound. Oh, Shout so out to fun. you, my friend. Oh, it was so much fun. Just the ridiculous of it now. Oh, uh, okay, almost out, almost out. Oh, God, we got to get out. Shove it back in. We need to stem the bleeding again. What we got? An axe. Oh, dear. Um, 
Yeah, so then I guess we ambled back to town. Um, that was pure chaos. It wasn't the most successful skirmish. No, but it's, yeah, it was more about finding out what was going on, I think, trying to investigate things. One thing I will say about this game, like Empire, you sometimes you won't get all the knowledge. It'll be trickling down from you and you'll miss things, just like real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There'll be definitely be things we've got wrong and missed and misinterpreted stuff. Or people will have information that we yeah, don't, because yeah, yeah. it's a living wildless town. And you speak to the person that played Lucy, because I imagine they'll have a bit of a hand on the plot and things yeah. we missed. We got back to town. Um, we did some chatting about what we'd found and what had happened. And that was when I saw this drunk Irishman trying to do a seance on a golden skull in the church. And I, w- I thought, oh, Belvedere, what have you done? I trusted you with that skull. Ran into the saloon. I started chatting. He was like, what have you done that for? I need, and he was like, like, what do you mean? I pulled, out, back, the pulled out the skull. I went, what on earth? What? And then ran back out again. And I was like, where the hell did you get that from? It was like, it was just here. Yeah, because the Irishman came running after the skirmish because he came later. It's like, the town's abandoned. Yeah. I'm like, okay, somebody's got it. It's like, I'll go back, I'll go back, I'll protect the bar. So he was like yeah. one of the only people in town at that point. Hence, he found the skull and we didn't know about it. Well, the skull had been there since the night before. Oh. Because the people, the weird people who'd been doing the seances that had now skipped town had been using the skull for their magic. So it was kind of like, well, what is this? Where has this come from? There's two. How many are there? So there's a few weird things that were happening throughout the day. People were acting strange. Um... I had to, as the person you can't, I had to exercise them, I think, at one point. I might have been later in the day, but I was, people were starting to get possessed. Yeah, so with the two skulls we had, there was a town meeting, so there was a lot of people here, but we did our first, one of the first proper seances. Yeah, that was when we did, we were like, right, you guys can commute with powerful energies, can't you? You need to find out what's going on. My fucking God, the seances in this game were Excellent. So we had you, some other people doing seances. We had a couple of priests standing on standby just in case. So yeah. That was me, Father Valentine, and a couple of other people. I think there was Annie the Nun. Mm-hmm. There was myself. There was a couple other people. And I think it was Kit as well. Yeah. Kit kind of led the seance. And oh, as the seance went on, you had Johnny whispering. Yeah, so there's a guy, the guy that leads it was kind of basically represented the voices that we heard. I can't even remember. Oh, yeah, because people were like, what is your name? And he just went, which one, which one, which one, which one? And he was talking about how, like, they were free and they were coming and stuff like this and shouting. Smoke starts pouring into the tent. People start fleeing from the tent. Yeah, uh, it's getting hard for us. He's getting louder and louder. He's put brimstone on a lot of our shoulders to show this is getting intense. You're going too long. Uh you priests are all shouting exorcisms and yeah. trying to get it to stop. Yeah. There's people shouting you, stop, stop. Oh. Uh, there's uh, players like, we need to stop this circle. Like, no, we need to hold the circle. Keep we asking. can't be being it back. We must find the answers. And just the intensity of it all. Oh, Someone so came good. up and tried to hit us with a hammer to get oh. us to stop. And the immersion, it was like, what's the lights going off along I with the smoke? I don't even know. It was just like, there was, yeah, there was. There was flashing lights, there was like a fervour going up around of it. People were screaming, and then eventually you broke apart. Broke apart. And that was when we got, like, there's a lot of spirits that are trying to assail us here. What on earth is going on? And so we kind of, then we consecrated the church again. We were like, right. I was pouring miracle tonics and angel tears around, like, beseeching to anyone who listens, combining magic, science, and religion. We were trying to kind of... 
everyone who was playing a charlatan or a religious game was kind of consecrating the church in their own way. Yeah. One interesting thing I remember from beforehand is one of the NPCs also pointed out at the beginning uh, the person who was playing the blacksmith couldn't enter the church boundary. Yes, that was interesting. We were like, right, so maybe the greater demons can't enter the church. Then. Yeah, so it wasn't just uh, Lucy Lou, the reporter, was giving knowledge. All the people in town who were playing NPCs were dropping hints and tips yeah, there. It was so good. Um, we did this and we were kind of like, right, okay, we've got shit to deal with. People started running into town. They had these like pustules on their face. And they jumped on people and started eating people alive. Yeah. And the vast quantities of fake blood. I thought these people must have had mouthfuls of fake blood because as they bit, blood was flying everywhere. People were screaming and running around. Oh, the reputation of gluttony was great. Uh, I think I was in the church at the time when it was going on. I was like, ah, they can't get us in there. We'll be safe in here. And one of them came Bang. running through the door. So you're not meant to fire the guns indoors, but I, the, the church, church is, is semi. Because, and I only had a cap thing rather than blank so i was like stay back stay back kind of like moving back and further back until like after eight seconds i fired the flintlock at their head yeah. like robert and they just went nice. down oh that's so good uh, and we were literally just absolutely i was like people were screaming and running i uh after i did that i was like kind of behind the church altar trying to reload and like yeah. holding my oh. pistols pointing there like it was going to shield was, me it was genuinely terrifying just seeing this blood pouring out of people's mouths. And then the I exercised someone, we kind of came to ground. And then someone ran up to me and was like, Father, Father, Father. I was like, yes. And he goes, we found a note on their body. And it said, we were given a potion by the well-dressed doctor. And everyone Ooh. looked at you. Bum, bum, bum. So that's probably where we'll leave it for this week. We've got plenty more to talk about next week. I just want to say a thank you to everyone we played with, crew and player, because it was a fantastic event. I was completely gobsmacked at the uh, the great role play that was there. Everyone had a part to play. It was no dull moments whatsoever. Yeah, really good stuff. We'll see you next week. Talk about the rest of the event. Thank you, guys. See you later. Bye.